Well, once a week, it's always once a week. It's time to go inside EMS. I am your host, Chris Abelaro. Excited to be with you. And if you are watching us on video on YouTube, this is my excited face. And with me always is my good friend, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. The ladies know he's the man with the power, Kelly Grayson. KG, what's going on? Looks like you're losing a little bit of weight, all that swimming you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm it's it's dropping off, man. I'm I'm down about uh 40, 40 pounds. Awesome, uh, man. Over where I was back in April. So and the knees don't hurt so bad. Uh, cortisone injections to thank for most uh, for those knees. Yeah, it's but, good. Uh, yeah. It's good you're keeping off them. So yeah, I did just, 70 laps in the pool this morning, man. Go team me. And then you're doing what are you doing running in the pool? You you post that you're running yeah, in the pool. I'll what the heck does that pool. mean? Well, number one, when I swim, I, I I work my upper body more than anything else, and my knees and my legs need need the the workout. So, I get in the pool, and I it's a twenty five meter pool. I jog in the water from uh, the shallow end to half the halfway point where it's five and a half feet deep. So four feet to five and a half feet, and then I turn around and go back. Yeah, and it probably takes it probably takes a lot shorter than this description of what you're doing I'll, I'll put it to you this way it's a, an hour of that without rest uh burns about 1700 calories very good very good well it's working <laughs> so we can see it so we yeah. do have a guest who's joining us at the guest table our good friend uh, he is an author he is a speaker he is a consultant he is a friend of the show he's always been a friend of the show he's a friend to you and i chief gary ludwig chief how are you doing I am blessed. I wish I was blessed as both of you guys, but uh, Come on. Kelly, that's an awesome 40 pounds. And uh, I started sweating just listening to you with all the work you're doing there. So that's right. I don't like walking from, from here to the car, Chief. So, you know, he's doing really good. But, you I know, like Chief, being able to walk from here to the car. That's why I'm doing it. That's right. <laughs> you know, one of the things that we were talking about, Chief, as we were scheduling you for the show is I miss reading your articles. I mean, you had a monthly article on leadership that we would read every month and you know you've written a lot of books and you know you have a new one out it's 385 things veteran emts and paramedics can teach and i'm excited to talk to you about it you know kelly's been writing he's got a couple number one bestsellers now uh you know i've always been in the in the writing mode and you know just continuing along and one of the questions that i like to ask authors when i have them on is I mean, what was the catalyst? Why did you write this book? And how'd you come up with this idea for this book? So uh, it's it's about giving back. Um, one of the things I, I think is important as, as we season ourselves in this profession is how can we bring up those that are coming behind us? And uh, one way of doing that is to share your thoughts and share your ideas, gather information from others that are a lot smarter than I am, and, uh, and kind of compile that all together and share that wisdom and share that information and, and share those pearls of wisdom with the youngsters that are coming up behind us. And so that's what it's all about is, is trying to pass on the information. You know, that people, people talk about us, uh, we dinosaurs in the MS people that are uh, the parasauruses and yeah. we got three parasauruses right here in the, in the show today. Um, but my, uh, my significant other points out that uh, we can't, negate or, or we can't ignore the knowledge capital that these uh that these experienced hands bring to the table even you know even if, if you think that they might be clinically a little outdated they've accumulated a lot of wisdom over the years now gary i was curious 
where did you get all these tips and tricks? Did you did you mine your, your friends list for for material, or did you did you keep do you keep a running tally of, of cool things to, to pass on to the next generation? Yeah, so um, good question, Kelly. And and one of the things that uh, I have done with a lot of my books, and I have a bunch of others that I I have ideas about for the future here is is um, when I come up with an idea, I either put it in the notes section of my phone or uh, if, I, if I'm here at the desk, I got an index cards and I write it down on the index card and uh, I put it in a file folder. And uh, so some of it is what I have experienced over my 46 year career, uh, working on the streets of St. Louis, working on the streets of Memphis, obviously too busy urban EMS systems. And uh, not only what I what I learned working those, working those streets, but also listening to those other seasoned firefighter paramedics and paramedics that work on those streets. And uh, and then once you hear something, you kind of write it down. Um, and then uh, you go to conferences. You know, you listen to people speak such as you and Chris and and uh, you're sitting in that, in that lecture. And, uh, you know, most everything I'm like, I know that. I know that. And I go, oh, you know what? I never knew that. And I write that down. Uh, so it, Kelly, it's been a compilation or a compilation of, of getting information from a bunch of different people. And I, I'll tell you what I was, I, I teach at one of the local community colleges here in the paramedic program. And uh, just right before I published the book, uh, the director, he said something about using easy IOs on eggs. I go, what? And uh, he says, yeah, that's a good way of practicing your easy IOs was on eggs and see if you can drill without, you know, losing the, on a raw egg, I should say, without losing, you know, the contents of it. I said, I never heard of that before, you know, because if you don't have a cadaver to practice on or something like that, you know, what do you practice on? And so, so it's, it's, it's long answer, but it's a combination of a whole bunch of things where I got this information at. Yeah. Well, I think you practice on the sales reps, don't you, Kelly? Not when they come in. <laughs> yeah. If you want me to buy that, you're going to have to show me how to use it. One one class of Acadians paramedic students, uh, easy IO to raw egg, something like 180 something times without breaking it. One egg? Free. One egg. Wow. Oh my God. I've heard 32. Yeah, it's basically, it's like a wiffle egg at the end. <laughs> so, well, how was that stuff just not dripping out? I was dripping out, but I mean, they didn't uh, break the egg. You know? All right. So, you know, Chief, take us through this book, right? So if we look about, you know, if we think about the chapters that you wrote and uh, give us a couple of the chapters, maybe give us a little bit of what those chapters uh, are including. And then one of the things I want you to touch on too, Chief, maybe you hit this first before you talk about the chapters. One of the things that you said uh, in your response to Kelly was that you're leaving something for the people who are coming behind. In your experience of 46 years and, you know, me in the 30s and Kelly in the 30s, are we losing a little bit of something with the new generation of not wanting to learn from us? So, you know what I mean? So now as we start to, because the way that we were, the way that we were taught, I mean, we had the baby boomers up our butts, man, when we were getting into the field. Now, as we're starting to change, do you think this book will resonate with the newer people? I'm hoping so. Um, and I, and I know, you know, you have all the different generations and, uh, you know, um, I'm a baby boomer and, uh, you know, you get the millennials and generation Y and Z and all that sort of stuff. And they all have their little idiosyncrasies about how they learn. And I know the younger generations, as you know, guys, they're not really going to conferences. They're not really showing up at these conferences. And the mindset with them is that whatever I need to know, I can just Google it. I can get that information on Google. And so 
I know there's going to be a few that go, you know what, if I need to know something, I can Google it. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping um, that I can outreach to uh, different uh, programs, education programs, and outreach to those directors. And maybe they want to share this uh, as a graduation gift with their EMT or their paramedics. Yeah, great, great idea. And uh, yeah. if you put, hmm? go ahead, Kelly. No, that's a great idea. Yeah. That's what I like to try to do. And if we can put it in your hands and like myself, they might read this book and go, oh, I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. But you know what? I didn't know that. And yeah. uh, and if they can walk away with something, that's what I'm hoping for, is that we can kind of pass it on to this younger generation going up, growing up here, as they, as I'm sorry, as they grow up. Yeah. One of the things yeah. to think about, Chief, is maybe you should set up an online portal for the book that as people read it, they can add their own tips under the specific chapters. You know what I mean? Because there may be something, as you mentioned, the egg that you just learned about. But when we talk about the chapters of the book, maybe this is that time to transition because that's where we started this off at. Maybe give us a little couple of the chapters of the book, what they entail. So um, I'll tell you what the first chapter, guys, and this might resonate with you, is what do you teach that EMT or their paramedic on their first day? The first day they step onto that vehicle, hopefully they've had some type of orientation, but you know, a lot of services, that's not such a luxury sometimes. Um, but at the same time, even if they've had an orientation, this is an opportunity for you to do one-on-one -on -one with them. And so so the first chapter deals with what do you teach at EMT and paramedic on the first day? And I can I can kind of get into some of those things if you want at some point. And, and then, you know, there's tips about airway management, um, assessing the patient, um, medical patients, about trauma patients, penetrating trauma. I can go through the list of all the different chapters and and uh, driving the ambulance. What are the tips on driving the ambulance? Um, as an example, uh, I talk about in the book, you always want to stay, even on a non-emergency run, you want to stay in the left lane. Why? I think you guys probably know this, but you want to stay in the left lane because if you do get an emergency run and cars have to pull to the right, you're already in the left lane. You don't have to try to you don't have to try to navigate to the left yeah. lane, and um, and even at a stop sign if you're not on, if you're at electric light on a non an emergency run, leave enough room between you and the car in front because of the fact that if you do catch an emergency run, you don't have to wait for the traffic to clear out. You can turn on your lights and sirens and turn uh, pull to the left and just go around the cars. It's stuff like that. It talks about going through intersections about hovering over the brake, uh, even if, you know, if you're not accelerating, you go over the brake. Intersection accidents, as you know, guys, is, is just terrible uh, for our profession. And the majority of these accidents occur when people are going uh, against the red light and the other cars have the green light. That's when the majority of our vehicle accidents happen and our people get injured. And so, um, there's just a bunch of tips in the, about driving. I can, I talk about tipping stretchers. You'd be surprised how often stretchers tip over on people and uh, when the predominance of when that happens. Again, there's just, again, 385 different things in here that that we try to pass on to the younger generation. And and uh, documentation is another one that we can talk about. Okay, let's save documentation. But tipping stretchers is one that we know very well, don't we, Kelly? Uh, wait, I didn't tip over any stretchers. Whatever, man. Um, Whatever. Uh, now, some of my colleagues, some of my former colleagues, uh, tipped one over on television uh, <laughs> just just last week. So oh. uh, a little egg in their face. But, um, you know, uh, Gary, I like that you mentioned that that uh, 
the impetus behind this was passing on that knowledge to the younger generation, trying to trying to teach Generation Z, uh, who traditionally, you know, don't really knowledge uh, value knowledge acquisition because they got the sum total of human knowledge at their fingertips, uh, that they can't always rely on everything that they find on Google or the internet. You know, as as that noted philosopher Abraham Lincoln said, yeah. don't trust everything you read on the internet. Um, I, I notice uh, in the book is very visually appealing. You've got some great photos in there and some, some photos of some, some old hands and some parasauruses in there. And there's a lot of photos sprinkled throughout the book. Where'd you, where'd you get them all? Well, Stuff um, you've collected over the years? That some, a lot of them are mine. Uh, there's some really old pictures in there of people that I used to work with in St. Louis that uh, I put in there, um, you know, that are no longer with us. And uh, just trying to honor them a little bit and, wow. uh, you know, pictures of them uh, working. And, uh, you know, I mentioned their name, that they should rest in peace. Um, they they did, a, they, they contributed greatly. They made a great difference in other people's lives. And just trying to, trying again to acknowledge them. Um, but um, so some are mine, Kelly, but uh, others I've accumulated. And then um, I went on Facebook and there's a Facebook page called Dinosaurs of EMS, which I'm yep. sure you guys might be on. And I put out a call and, uh, oh my gosh, did I get bombarded with pictures? I had to actually tell people, stop, I, I've got enough pictures um, here for what I asked for. And uh, so, you know, it's, 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 it was um, just a plethora of uh, pictures that came in from everybody. And I'm so appreciative for everybody sending those pictures in. And, um, you know, you said something, Kelly, that kind of resonated with me. Uh, there's stuff that you, can't find on Google. I'll tell you, there's one part of the book that that you have to learn. And that is, I talk about, and I'm sure we've all been there, we've been in the back of those ambulances when the person driving jackrabbits from the start, they slant, they, they step on the accelerator, you get thrown back, they come up to the next intersection, they slam on the brakes, you get thrown frontwards, and it's a terrible ride. And uh, I talk about in the book, that you know you have to give a smooth ride and the goal is see if you can put a glass of water on the stretcher i'm talking about with no patient of course in the back but put a glass of water on the stretcher and see if you can dry that ambulance without tipping that that glass of water over you'll never find that on google and you won't be able to practice that on google the only way that you're going to learn that is put that glass of water on the stretcher and practice driving coming up to a stoplight leaving a stoplight then you don't tip that glass of water over. That will teach you how to drive that ambulance to give a nice smooth ride in the back. Yeah, that's an that's interesting. How my dad taught me how to drive with his coffee cup. Was it really? <laughs> yeah, don't spill my coffee, boy. <laughs> that's motivating. Well, I mean, Chief, yeah. you've given us a lot of tips, right? I mean, but maybe you could just kind of take us through, maybe throw us out, maybe three tip, tips or so that we can find in the book. And I'll let you pick whatever they are. And maybe it's even some of those ones that, you had to sit back and say, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you one. And it, and it's it's not really a tip, but it's it's advice. Documentation. Uh, I, I do work for attorneys and I see this stuff that comes in on cases and I'm, I'm reading the patient care report and I'm, I'm appalled. Some are very, very good. Some are just excellent at writing patient care reports. But guys, I'm going to tell you, the majority suck. The majority suck. And these are legal, medical, legal documents 
that you may have to defend two, three years down the line. And you're not going to re remember that call. And, and, and um, it, it, I, I can't define it any other way, other way than it sucks. I wish we were teaching our people how to write reports the way the cops teach their guys and people and their and their gals. I do. Uh, I do. <laughs> you do? Okay. Yes, I do. Good, because they're going to court and they know they're going to court all the time. And they know they gotta have their documentation together. Our people don't go to court that often, if at all. Except maybe that one time and it's like, this is atrocious. Kelly, I'm curious, how do you how do you teach your people to write uh like the cops do? Is the same is there is, what's the process you go through we i uh it's they have a template uh for for how to write a narrative but but it's generally time sequential i i discourage the use of abbreviations and, and uh jargon and that sort of thing because abbreviations are a perfect way for a for a uh, plaintiff's attorney to start attacking your credibility what does this what does this mean what does it stand for why didn't you write it out can't you spell it would you spell it for the jury? Uh, oh, you mm -hmm. oh you can't spell it. Uh, or or oh you you can't spell it, but you were in a hurry. Or were you in a hurry when you were when you were assessing my my client and that sort of thing? And and cops know that they're they're as you pointed out, they know that their paperwork is going to end up and be uh, being read aloud in court. Uh, and they have long experience dealing with with attorneys. Uh, picking apart what they write. So I, the, the phrase I use uh, is one I stole from the great Gene Gandhi. I said, uh, when you write, write for 12 people who were too ignorant to know how to get out of jury duty. I like that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. But you're absolutely right. And I'm telling you, I wish everybody had that approach with these education programs we have, because uh, what I see probably 75 to 80 percent of the time is absolutely atrocious. Yeah. And the, the, these default mechanisms that we find in the software programs, um, it's terrible. Yeah. The other thing I talk about is how many times does your partner write up the, the patient care report and you don't even look, read it and you just sign it. Oh. You just sign oh. something and you have no idea what they could what they put in there that could possibly hang you also. So, you know, it's just, it's our documentation in our profession and how we teach our people has to get better. And I talk about that in the book yeah. quite, and there are, quite a bit. There are precious few other resources out there. Uh, Denise Graham wrote a great book that, that's that been out of print. I've reached out to her to, to, to update and republish that. And, and David Gibbett has a, has a great book uh, on legal documentation, legal defense, um, but it is something that is sorely needed. I'm glad to see those tips covered in your book. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, it's one of those things that people will not start writing good charts until they have to sit in that wooden chair yeah. to answer the questions that I mean, you make so many mistakes when you're sitting up there. Like I remember one time in a court case, I said, Yeah, I remember this. I remember this call. Well, how do you remember this call? And you don't what other calls do you remember? Tell me the other calls you remember. How many calls have you run in your I'm like, yo dude man just back up a little right because you just say things that you shouldn't say man yeah you know and uh that's where you learn to say uh, i don't remember this call i'll have to revert to my chart here to refresh my memory but uh you know let's get our last question chief so we can get to you and i guess it's the big question everybody wants to contribute to your retirement how can yeah. someone get a copy of this book 
Well, as you know, guys, you don't get rich really writing books, you know. So, um, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a passion, and it's something to pass on. But uh, if you're interested in the book, there's um, there's a, it's available on Amazon, and uh, it's also available in paperback, and it's also available by ebook. And uh, we're getting ready to go into production for the Audible book part. So uh, in the future, the Audible book will be ready. And if you want a signed copy, you can go to GaryLudwigBooks.com and I'll send you a signed copy. Very cool. Let us know if we need to come out of retirement, Chief, and we'll do the audio. But we could do some, Kelly and I could do some uh, Once Upon a Times. We could do some Way Back in the Old Days. Uh, There we were, walking uphill in the snow, both, you know. And by God, we were grateful. And we were grateful for it. Absolutely. So, Kelly, what, what's I, I? I know you're writing some fictional books too. Is how mm-hmm. how's that going? Because I, I, I well. I'm an avid listener of the podcast, and you guys are just well, fabulous you. all the time. My gosh, you guys are so good and such a wealth of information. And I and I've heard you, know, you talk about your fictional books that you're writing. How's that mm-hmm. going? It's going well. I'm uh, I'm cranking out short stories uh, right now. I just had another. Uh, another short get accepted for an anthology and and I'm writing my own self-published shorts that are extremely popular uh, on the, on Amazon. They're, they're bestsellers in their class, just whimsical stuff about Cecil, the combat wombat and and the battle of Waffle House and and how Waffle House actually is, is a haven for supernatural creatures. Um, And, uh, and my two books, uh, I'm working on the second book in the Sumdude Chronicles. And we all know who Sumdude is. You know, he's that yeah. evil criminal mastermind responsible for much of the havoc that he and encounter. So I'm writing the <laughs> second one written from the perspective of Sumdude. So it's going well. <laughs> how many times hey, I've Kelly, heard me... Sumdude or two yeah, dudes? Exactly. Yeah, or movies. So, <laughs> Kelly, let me ask you a question. Are you? Do you have any concern about using the term Waffle House? Is there ever any chance that they... I spell it? I spell it differently. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Waffle Hops, H A U S. All right. Way to, oh, way to get around that, it. Like but... German pronunciation. So that's right. Yeah. Well, Chief, it's always great to have you here. You, you don't come back. You know, when we talk about uh, you're an avid uh, fan of the show, two million listens, and we know that 1,999,000 belong to you uh, because you've been uh, with us since the beginning. But uh, it's always great to have you here, Chief. Oh, what a pleasure. And uh, again, you guys contribute so much to our profession. I'm so grateful for what you guys do. I know this takes some time and effort to put something like this together. And again, it's a, it's a great listen and uh, such a wealth of information all the time. Awesome. Well, it's great, great having you here, Chief. And for our listeners and our viewers, remember the name of the book is uh, 385 Things Veteran EMTs and Paramedics Can Teach You by Chief Gary Ludwig, available on Amazon.com. And for myself and co-host Chris Civilero and our special guest this week, Chief Ludwig, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We're going to catch you guys next week.